And so I'll bring those tomorrow. Tomorrow's right. You ain't seen nobody like this. You ain't seen nobody like this. You hear my sound all over town singing. evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining us tonight is Rafa. How are you? Pretty good. Just ready to pull the, the double duty for tonight. <laughs> Royce will also be joining us. He's running a, a little bit later. Well, we're actually getting started a little bit early. You know, there was some breaking news this afternoon. Uh, and since we didn't have the show on Wednesday, just because for me, this week's been uh, extremely busy. Uh, one dealing with allergies that's kind of slowed me down and uh, let's just say I didn't sound as good as I sound now and I don't know don't normally sound good to begin with so uh, I didn't want to cough along up on on here and then number two uh, like I said with work it was super busy so uh, unfortunately Rafa has been pulling double duty uh, with the 5050 podcast and, and uh, you know and uh, uh, SA Soccer Roundtable on the 50-50 podcast talking about the playoffs, uh, high school playoffs, and uh, I guess state tournament now, right, uh, uh, for that here. And uh, Rafa, why don't you break the news here? Yeah, some breaking news just about maybe a little, about maybe two hours ago, a little over two hours ago. Um, history was made. Um, the Bernie Greyhounds uh, pulled off a big win and – are the back-to-back -back, uh, class 4A boys state soccer champs. So congrats to Coach Strong and the boys accomplishing, you know, back-to-back -back titles. You know, it, it was a tough game for them because they had a really good – they went up against a really good Solano team. And it's an up-and-coming an up -and program. And, and you know, they were – great game. And, you know, they were down early, but they came back and then ended up winning off a PK from a foul – that left Salina, you know, with a man down, and they took care of business, and you know, they sealed the deal, and now they're bringing back uh, the title back to here to, to the San Antonio area. So, congratulations! There's the MVP there. Keep, keeper played a great game, huge uh, game, right? Yeah. Like, he he was so impressive. Yeah. So just like I said, overall, the whole team, you know, did you know they did what they needed to do. They accomplished a lot, you know. You know, there was a goal. I guess we had interviewed Coach Strong a few weeks ago, and mm -hmm. you know, they just went in with a kind of like, "Hey, you know, you know, yeah, we're the champs. You know, the pressure isn't on us. It's they have to beat us. You know, you know, we don't have to. You know, you know, we've been there, done that, and and it worked. You know, <laughs> and, they, and now they're coming back with another another trophy, and we're, it just can't be more proud. You know, to bring a soccer title here. I know. The, from the last few games, you know, the Dallas area teams have been dominating and so forth. And also I'm going to you know, congratulate also the, the Bernie girls mm -hmm. and the Bernie champion girls to 
great season for both of them too. You know, they're both regional champions and to get to this far, it takes a lot. So congrats to them. And uh, like I said, we just can't be more proud of the, our soccer programs in our area. And hopefully next year, you know, which we'll talk about hopefully soon about like realignment so far, how it's going to shape up and who's going to, who's going to be, the, the favorites going into into next year, but once again, congrats to Bernie, Brady Greyhounds, the boys, bringing back back to back titles to San Antonio, and hopefully they'll get some honor. You know, like on, I think they did last year. I think SAFC didn't honor them like at halftime and so forth. So hopefully they get the, the same honor. And if and Coach Strong say, hey, send us some championship T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, what I'm proud. <laughs> and the photos that we used were from uh, the social media feed of Bernie High School uh, mm -hmm. that, that they po po uh, pictured the uh, posted the pictures. Unfortunately, it doesn't give uh, who took the pictures here. Uh, so, but you know, to, you know, to give that photographer credit. But uh, uh, thank you to Bernie High School, uh, you know, for posting the pictures. You know, it's it's a great accomplishment. Uh, you know, for San Antonio area to have a back to back. Uh, state champions, uh, well, well done uh, for that here. Royce, welcome to the show. Sorry we started a little bit early, uh, but, you know, with the uh, breaking news for the high school, uh, we wanted to get Rafa yeah. on to have uh, his spill. I know we're going to be mainly SAFC tonight here, but uh, obviously state champs is a worthy way to start the show. For sure. Um, yeah, you get um, – I just came from my uh, front and backyard – uh, raking leaves and getting all the oak clusters off my yard. Really. Oh. So, uh, luckily, you can't smell through the camera because it's bad. Yeah, awful. <sighs> there's a reason. Why, well, besides work, there's another reason why. And you know why we didn't have a show is. Just, yeah, I was. Yeah, you I, can even you could see my. I had to wear a mask, obviously, because I am allergic to oak. You could see mask line, mask line, face shield line. It's fun. We're, we're, we're having fun where it's, it's great. I, I love, I love having two uh, enormous over 36 inch oak trees in my front and backyard that I have to pick everything up all the time. It's great. I love it. It's the best. So we'll kind of do a recap on uh, the last week's game against Orange County. Uh, talk a little bit about the lineup. We'll go over uh, some roster news uh, that took place. Uh, there was a player out and a player in, um, and not the player that we thought that might be coming in as of yet. Um, there was the, uh, have to bring it up, the uh, San Antonio draw Texas, and there's one that's uh, making the rounds, especially since it's Copa Tejas, uh, to kind of highlight that. Uh, we'll look at... Um, uh, and then uh, hopefully by that point, we'll have Christian Canales from Seriously Loco on uh, to talk about the first Copa Tejas match in uh, either USL or MLS this year. San Antonio El Paso. So it'll be a jam-packed show here. So let's get started here. Uh, looking at the lineup here, some changes on it here. Uh, during the broadcast, they mentioned that Abu was on the bench. Didn't start for the, uh, uh, you know, for, uh, uh, you know, missed, you know, he missed uh, during the week uh, for personal reasons, they said. Um, he did come on in the second half uh, where Kamiri got subbed off and then Abu came in. So, Royce, your thoughts on the lineup with Manly playing, you know, uh, uh, up, you know, uh, outside the, the three center back spots and playing more on the outside? 
Uh, it's very interesting. Um, obviously, what we've seen is a lot of forward wing play, um, and uh, on both sides uh, early in the early in the season. And this kind of felt like last season, where you had uh, Maloney on the right, and he kind of stayed home a lot, and the left wing would go up, whether that was uh, PC or whether that was well, last season would be Sam uh, Gleedle. Um, this season, um, we've had our wingers go up a lot, and the midfielders really stay home a lot. Well, with Manley kind of staying back on the right, that kind of afforded Maloney a chance to get forward. PC kind of stayed back. Uh, and it was very interesting, the dynamic. Um, at the same time, that pretty much puts four center backs on the field at the same time, which is interesting. Um, but it was proved to be very defensively stout. They gave up quite a few chances and it was through long balls. Um, uh, there wasn't a lot of buildup play by OC. It was a lot of get it to the halfway line, go just past the halfway line and then look for, uh, look for a, a line splitting pass from there. It wasn't a lot of intricate play on the side and they created a lot of decent chances that way, but they didn't put one in the net and it was because SAFC kind of, let them uh, let them do that. Um, oh, well, I don't know whether they let them do that, but that's those are the chances they gave up, and they decided that's a better chance to give up than having them, you know, uh, play pass play in. So uh, kind of like uh, Tampa Bay did in the final. Um, Tampa Bay didn't really defend OC. They were just kind of like, oh, they're going to sit back. We don't have to worry about defending to their detriment. Um, so, but that's kind of what seemed like SAFC's plan was to have all six back the midfielders and the defenders kind of back and then let uh let the two or three offensive players try to make a chance so that's kind of what it seems like they try to do uh rafa how did you feel about that lineup uh, it was an interesting lineup especially seeing manly on, on the on the wing uh but like i said you know if you play like a four or four flat back four defense that what he would be at. So he's just pushing up, but but he's got the speed. He's got you know the skills, and I think he's played a few times up there with, when he was with our RGV in, in that area. So uh, just like I said, it was an interesting lineup. But you know, I was surprised with Kamiri starting. But hey, you know, it's great to have him back there because he's uh, such an imposing force as far as defensive wise. And I think we needed some size because I know OC had some size, you know, up front. So we needed to defend that. So. So it was a great lineup, you know, and I, I think I think Marciano had a great plan, you know, great grand plan going to this, and I think he took a page from that championship game and learned from what the mistakes that made from that, and also what the mistakes that uh, Tampa Bay did, and and it came out to a positive result. In the injury report for that game, uh, Mane uh, obviously was out with the shoulder uh, for that here. Mm -hmm. Uh, David Lorera uh, was questionable, Patino questionable, and Diop was, was questionable. Um, and I think uh, minus one person, uh, that is the same injury report for this week when we get to El Paso as well. But looking at the highlights, and this is courtesy of USL Championship via uh, YouTube here. As we are set to kick things off here at Championship Soccer Stadium. Yeah. Looking at the keys, just be aware from an Orange County point of view, the direct and quick counterattacks from you gotta San switch Antonio the view, Harry. <laughs> oh. Very quick, <laughs> and he says, If you practice it, we'll start that over here. Again. I'm like, Yeah, the game's playing. Things off here at Championship Soccer Stadium. 
there looking at the keys just be aware from an orange county point of view the direct and quick counter attacks from san antonio something this team in white are famed for very quick in transition and he said if he practices it it's when he's not looking because he's never seen something <laughs> like that from kobe henry in any training session over the top here to torres kubo cuts it back chance here torres is denied by four more from him he hasn't inspired yet thoughts and on there this play there Royce yeah I mean that's what I'm saying is they that was kind of it seemed like their plan was to get to the end line we kind of had kind of a high line and a high press in the back and they were just trying to beat that uh beat uh beat the back line that's what they're trying to do uh have a line splitting pass from about halfway and that's what they constantly did um it was very good by Kamiri to kind of force him away. Or I'm sorry, that was Fabian to force him away. Kamiri came in with a tackle to put more pressure. And the shot was on goal to the um, uh, the shooters. Um, Kubo Torres. Yeah, uh, it was good to put that on net, but it was right in the middle of the net. Uh, fairly simple, straightforward for Star to save. So in this is... This is the save that one goal of, yeah. uh, save of the week here. Yeah, and Far was very mad because uh, Seven uh, Alaski, who had quite a few chances in this match, they just let left him with all the space in the world. There's no midfielders anywhere around him, so he took the shot he wanted, and it was a knuckleball, and that can go anywhere. Uh, that was a very difficult shot to save, and it was a very good save by Far. So right there, you know. Camaris has to make a choice here. If he steps up, there's a through ball right there, and there's a goal. Yeah, and, and that's he's kind of fortunate that he took, you know, made him force the shot because, you know, I think that was a more difficult to make shot from there. But if he comes up, that passes through. It's a new. I think that's a goal in for OC. Well, there's a couple things. Number one, he's offside right now. Yeah. The striker that's up, he's offside. Um, he runs, he runs. What would happen a lot last season is that you would get that, uh, you would get one of those um, center backs would run up and put pressure and that would lead space and that's how people would score on us all the time. There you saw all three stay stationary with an offside trap. That's how our that's how the back line evolved at the end of last season, and it seems like they're getting that already in the beginning of this season which looks great because they don't it doesn't it seems like they don't have to go through those uh growing pains that they did all last season to finally get to that point it seems like they're already at that point which is great is this possibly because i think that's pc if memory was certainly right here over here if we right. had a boo in instead of manly you think a boo's more center kind mm -hmm. of covering that or you no, man manly's on the right look? Manley's a right oh, winger. You mean Maloney? Right or or so Maloney. Okay, yeah, Maloney. He'd be more of the holding mid. And I think he would have been there. You know, I don't think – you don't see um, um, him too much because he's aware of what's happening. It's just an added bonus to already have him at a point where he can be trusted and he can perform at a high level. Great ball through. Here's Eloski. Same made by far. Kuding gets slotted in through three defenders. Save. Lovely ball through from Kenning. Because with that magic left foot of it. Is, I think maybe the defender got a little piece of that and just maybe slowed it down. Have a look here. Yeah, I think it just sort of hits a leg on the way through. And just right now, Richard Chapo is just thinking, as you said. So at this, for, at least for the first, what, 60 minutes, OC seems to have been control. And then it was, it was, time. 
it was fairly even. Um, San Antonio had a few chances as well. They just couldn't put them away. Um, they obviously don't have film, so the highlights uh, show that. But San Antonio had a few really good chances that they just didn't put away. Uh, there were a few shots that were pretty straightforward shots that should have been put on net, and they weren't. Um, mm -hmm. They were lasered high. Uh, there were two or three I can think of. Um, but this one, what happens, and this is what SAFC will do on you when you're sleeping, is they'll have a center back come and they'll, and they'll get in on the action and on the press. And that's exactly what Taintor does. That's what Taintor did uh, last season. And at the same time, Ford did that as well. Ford got in on the press as well. Um, the devastating effect a lot last season. Um, it's Elliot Collier. So obviously, uh, Elliot and Tinko are hunting buddies there. But all credit of that goal goes to Tanner, though, right? Uh, for uh, the two, for... uh, do not, I, I will say, do not um, sleep on that finish because that is a tough that's a from finish. Angle. That is a, that's, that is a, I'm not going to say a world class finish, but that is not a lot of people, not a lot of human beings on this earth can make that finish. And Collier did. Gets it off the post, off the bounce, gorgeous finish. But yes, a lot of that credit has to do with Taintor. I'd say 75-25, but Taintor with the press, he pressed two players in the mistakes, and then with the cross. And and Collier was is a is a pro enough to finish that. That's that's just a great play by two players that took over the game and and basically won the match right there. Yeah, I don't think there's really much more left on the highlights here. Oh, no, they had the goal or shot right at the end of the match here. Yeah, at the very end, yeah. This is when OC took out pretty much all their defense. They put in a forward. Yeah, and that was a hell of a save. Isn't that the, isn't that the save you want save of the week on right there? I thought it was the other one. I thought it was that one. They had like three of them that you could have put up there. That's 100% correct. That's why he was on the team of the week is because he made saves that – all those saves could have been save of the week. Um, yeah, and that's it. repeat of the championship game except yeah. for that one he let in, though, but – Pretty much. And then Nurse PC there sporting and his – And then the boys. <laughs> what I loved is the picture of this here. Uh, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I, was it you that put out Mo, or me. who was it that that uh, put out Mo and, and his? Uh, hey, I'm close, but not that close. Are those uh, SAFC uh, SAFC specially made speedos? <laughs> I probably need a pair for those for the summer. Uh, that's the visual we don't need, Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, like I said, here, great team win. Um, I know that. Um, SAFC had circled that game in a way, uh, just because they did lose in the. Sorry, uh, sorry, I didn't get the comment on that because I got a I got a podcast intruder here. But uh, <laughs> those were the uh, PC. Uh, I I messaged him and asked him, dude, um, you know, do they sell those shorts in the team store? He said, no, those were uh, Gonzalo Dorenzo's former shorts. I'm joking. That's <laughs> <a> joke. <laughs> Pretty funny, pretty funny on so, PC. But yeah, no, I, I made the comment on, or there were a few people that made the comment on Mo that was like, uh, I love you guys, but no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, team of the week, uh, Jordan Farm, uh, Mitchell Tanner, uh, for that here, well done to both, uh, for that here, and, and Jordan Farr, uh, I think it was released uh, this afternoon, won the uh, 
save of the week as well for back to back since that seems to be a theme um, with the burning greyhounds and jordan Farr as a save of the week uh for that here so thoughts on the orange county match tough place uh to yeah. tough place to play uh orange county is a solid team uh a gutty win in, in my opinion uh still a little bit shorthanded on the bench uh for that here but uh, you know, you can, you know, with, um, uh, uh, Kamiri coming back, it adds another, another, uh, another, another weapon, uh, that, you know, that we can use for, you know, for depth there. Um, but, uh, stat wise, you know, 60, 40 possession, um, attack, you know, we had 13 shots. They had 19, we had four on target. They had six. Um, we did have, uh, what's, what did I say? 21, 20, 21 fouls. They had 15. We had, uh, four, uh, four cards or we had 20, 20 fouls, four cards They had 17 and two. I thought it was, a I thought it was a typical San Antonio FC match where they had opportunities to put more on the board to give credit to orange County. I, I think they took their best shot, had, 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 had some clear shots as we saw on the preview. Uh, but the defense of San Antonio, I think, is, is just just that 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 step above. Uh, even from, you know, I hate to say it, even from last year, where, where you've got a little bit more, um, a little bit more depth with with the three on the back here. Uh, your thoughts, Rafa, on the Orange County side? Uh, this is well, this is a good revenge game, you know, to get a win on the road after that, you know, disappointing loss against Phoenix. But I don't know, you know, the, the circumstances to that, but. To bounce back and knock the, the USL champs, it's a good confidence booster going into this week. And um, so we, and that's the thing. We this is our third road win, mm -hmm. and, and that's and that's a, that's a big difference from last year. We didn't, we struggled on the road this year. Well, we started out slow on the road. Towards the end of the year, we were much yeah. better. But to have a strong start on the road, you know, and normally we have trouble, you know, on there, especially on those type of games, but. It just shows the grit on this team. I think they have a different, like I said, the attitude. Is you know, it's you know they they're playing for each other. That and that's what I'm seeing. You know, it's not just for one. And you know, we are we're still missing other bits and pieces on the team. But that's the scary part is once we like Royce mentioned, once we're healthy, you know, the, the USL better look out for us because we're, we're we we could start dominating some games. You know, especially with the death. That now we get the depth that we need and so forth. And then kudos to our defense. You know they shut down Kubo Torres and he had a couple good shots off, but but we sh we kind of contained him. You know, and then they didn't. You know our defense didn't buckle or were intimidated by him. And, and Jordan ends up getting you know you know save of the week and on the t team of the week and you know he gets that clean sheet. So so kudos you know kudos to their defense back there you know, the back three. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've pretty much uh, <laughs> everything Rafa said. Um, just get healthy and and watch out. Um, this uh, it's amazing what has happened. It seems like SAFC kind of experimented with um, uh, re-signing players and at the same time re-signing players to multi-year deals. And it's kind of seems like it's uh, paying off. Paying off pretty well. Um, uh, and yeah, uh, Gamez with a uh, very good point at the end of the match. Um, the um, 
mystery, not not a red card, kick to the face, which is the first I've ever heard of. Um, that uh, Taintor toward the end of the match got absolutely uh, lit up in the face with a flying boot. And nope, just a yellow card for some reason, which in every other league, every other time, that's a straight red card, my friend. You are uh, taking an early shower. Um, and somehow that was a yellow card, which is, is it because he didn't break his nose? Oh, he just <laughs> slightly kicked him in the face. That's only a yellow. No, that's dangerous play. You, you could have, he could have been blinded. Like there's, I'm not even going to go with the full array. I'm not going to speak in. I'm surprised but, he doesn't have a concussion. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's could have happened. He could have been blinded. He, there's a lot of things that could have happened there. That's why that's a red card foul. If you kick somebody in the face, yellow card, no sense, zero sense. And that ref had a very tough time establishing what a foul was in that match. It seems um, that, that that's what I mean. Issue. He was inconsistent. He would let something go and then whistle the exact same thing two minutes later. He would whistle something and then uh, the next play let the same thing go. He was having a very tough time establishing. He wanted to set himself in the match, but he didn't want to do it consistently. And that's a problem. You need to be consistent as a ref. Failed to do that. And then the one moment in the match that was very obvious what he needed to do. He didn't do it. So what are you going to do? Uh, pro referees, at least they're consistent, right? There's one person that I want to call out for this match here. Um, and that's Justin Dillon. And the last time that he visited Orange County, uh, things didn't go his way. Um, but so far on the year, um, he's 4-0. When we're 4-0 when he starts. Um, he has been a pivotal piece. Um, for me, I was kind of hesitant on number one, would they bring him back? And if they did, what you know, what he would bring back. But I have to give it to Justin. You know, he's he's came in, he's been a pivotal uh, pivotal part of the team here. And like I said, the record with him and PC, you know, PC's three and and with Justin Dillon's four and I think that says a lot because our only losses it was to Phoenix is when we did not have him up 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 top, you know, without him and and, and PC. Um, we all know PC is is a key for the midfield, um, but to me, I think we're starting to see just how beneficial Justin is up top and all the hard work that he that that he puts in that maybe doesn't get on the score sheet or maybe most fans don't realize. Um, but I want to give a kudos to Justin. You know, I know the season ended last year, you know, unfortunately on his missed PK. Uh, but like I said, he's well rebounded well. And like I said here to me, he's, he's, he's one of the, the MVPs of the team so far early on in the year. So uh, any thoughts that you have on, on that comment? And that's kind of out of the blue, but like I said, here, to me, this, it kind of goes full circle, uh, you know, from last year to this year, you know, on Justin's season so far. I'll be uh, 100% honest. That's not really random. That's something we've been talking about this entire season is, holy crap, uh, where did Justin Dillon come from? <laughs> this isn't the, I'll be honest, this is not the Justin <laughs> Dillon we saw last season. Um, right. Last season, uh, it seemed like he was having some issues, um, I guess, adjusting, uh, getting used to the team, getting integrated with the team. Um, he was low on confidence, a lot of missed chances. Um, and then he kind of started putting it together toward the end of the season. And it just seems like 
the players that they brought back, he is so comfortable with. It's what it seems like. Obviously, mm-hmm. it would be good to interview and actually ask the man these questions. <laughs> but this is what it seems like from a fan's perspective. That's kind of why we do this podcast. We're not reporters. We're, we're not. Prof- well, Rafa is a professional. Um, <laughs> I'm not a professional. Um, well, I I do other things. I do roads. I do streets. I do drainage. I don't I don't do sports. Um, I love sports though. Uh, but from a fan's perspective, um, it's a totally different guy, and it's he's a revelation. Um, and I'm so happy he's on our team. It's it's mm-hmm. the work rate that he has been putting in week after week. Um, he seems so much happier. It's it's crazy. It's crazy from last year to this year, and it's it's great to see him blossom. It's awesome. Any thoughts on that, Rafa, before we go to player transactions? I, I think one thing I noticed from this year, and last, I remember he was out last year in the beginning of the year, and it took him a while to kind of get it going. And then he finished, you know, somewhat strong. I know he had the PK at the, at the end, but I think this year you can tell there's, a, there's more pep in his step. I think he might have lost some weight. I think he gained some more speed. But the thing is, he's you know he's just a physical presence that he does he does attract a lot of attention and and you know even if he's not scoring, he's giving assists and that's and that's the big thing with it with being a forward. You got to learn how to give assists and and he's doing that. And, you know because it hurt not having him against Phoenix because I think that game he plays that game. I think it's a different result. It's a different game, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a different, and I think Phoenix would have had trouble containing him. So, um, you know, we'll see them again in a couple in a few weeks. But um, so I'm glad that he's back, and I think I think he realizes his role. And you know, just imagine with him if you know, said we do see him with him and Patino up front, it's a good one-two punch. You know that we're gonna have. You know and. You know, kind of pick your poison when when that when that comes around. But the thing is, he's been picking up the slack, you know, for Patino, and it was because like the, the roles were reversed last year too. So, so this year he's doing the same, and then he's and he's stepping it up. So we couldn't go more ask more from what he's doing right now. So player news. Uh, first one that we're gonna do is Mane. Um, was announced on April 13th that San Antonio FC uh, had uh, bought out Katua uh, uh, Mane's contract. Uh, Jonathan Chuck with the Striker Texas reached out to him, um, you know, as far as, you know, to, to see what his thoughts were uh, for Mane's, um, you know, because SAFC just released a, you know, two-sentence statement saying, no, I'm on. Am I mute? Oh, no. oh sorry. No, I was I was on mute. I was agreeing with you that oh. yeah, it was literally a two sentence <laughs> statement. Um, it was basically uh, we uh, yeah we uh, we released them um, effective immediately. Wish them the best. That was it. And so, and then yeah. you know Jonathan, you know, or the striker Texas, you know, in the article from Jonathan, you know, basically reached out to him said. Uh, quote, uh, that's really a good question, but you're asking the wrong person. I'm just doing my rehabilitation because remember he's out with a soldier surgery. Uh, you know, not sure what's going on. You should ask the club. So, uh, once again, not a lot of information, obviously SAFC isn't going to comment much further anymore, or if they do, it'd be a first. Uh, so Mane is out. Royce, you have been talking about, uh, Mane being the, uh, second half super uh super adjustment and uh well 
we didn't get him <laughs> to the second half. So, uh, your thoughts on him, uh, on him, uh, unfortunately being released. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's going to kind of suck. Um, I know I was talking him up. I was hyping him up. I was so excited to see him on the field and then shoulder injury is out for at least half the season. Um, on one hand, I'm very disappointed that we won't get to see him on the field uh, for the team. And I'm sure he's scorned enough to where, you know, if they're going to in the future, it's, it's a bridge is pretty much burnt. Um, but um, at the same time, you kind of understand from the club's perspective, maybe there's another um, addition that may have surprisingly just become available that they may try to go after. And they need, they need some, uh, some wage as well as some uh, roster space. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mane's out until at least July. That's kind of long. You you understand from the club perspective. You understand from the player's perspective, perspective too. What's he supposed to do? He's rehabbing. He's injured. You, it is what it is. Like, not his fault. He's playing, and injuries happen. But yeah, it sucks. Um, it's a decision. Yeah, it sucks. Um, it sucks. I, I, what what am I going to tell you? Uh, I was looking forward to it. I was hyped. I was hyped when they made the signing. It was kind of a. They didn't really hype it. They just kind of signed him, and I was like, "Holy crap, that's amazing!" And then, well, I think what ties on to it is the two big signings that San Antonio had in the off season: Bonilla and Mane are already gone from the club, and we're what week you know week six on here. You know, both left for various reasons. Uh, you know, one retired, one you know due to injury. Uh, so. You know, it's you can't fault San Antonio FC for going out and trying to get it. it. Just unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't work, and that's the nature nature of the business. Um, the other player that they brought on is on loan from FC Dallas, uh, midfielder, selected 15th overall in the MLS 2021 20, uh, uh, Super Draft. Nikki Hernandez, uh, Royce, you have any information on on Nikki? As far as I know, you talk with uh, Third Degree Podcast, which is a great podcast for FC Dallas. Any thoughts uh, from them or that you were able to pick up on uh, Nikki coming into town and obviously by the picture that they posted on the website? Looks like he's been in town already for a little bit. Royce, uh, Rafa, you want to go ahead and start uh, with that? Your thoughts on, on uh, you know, and... Uh, it's a great, uh, what's a great pickup because we're, we needed some depth in the midfield, center, in the mid, central midfield and He's gonna and he's got from what I read, you know, he's got a great pedigree. He's, he's a great player. Uh, they felt that moving him down to MLS next was not a challenge for him, and this will be a challenge for him playing up here in USL. So that's a, a great you know a great addition. Like I said, you know, especially with some of the games we had without PC and, and Abu, and you know now we have a, a player, a young player that he can develop on from learn from those two, but also add, just give us some added depth. And then I, I heard great things of him about playing with the North Texas soccer club. And I think the feeders even made mentioned something about it. He was a former player there. So, so yeah, you know, he has six goals, five assists and 32 appearances with uh, North Texas SC. 
um, in USL League One. Uh, evidently, you know, from Coach Marcina, he is a box-to-box midfielder with an aggressive style of play on both ends of the ball, which, of course, fits our model. And, of course, uh, the, the typical, he's a terrific person with a winner's mentality, and we look forward to uh, integrating him with his new teammates here. Uh, you back, Royce, uh, the, the voice coming back with, from the allergies? Yeah, I literally got, I'm pretty sure it was like an O-clus or something that just went right in my throat. And I was like, oh, no, that's not a good time for that. I was about to choke on here. Uh, yeah, I, I talked to um, talked to Third Degree about him. Uh, their comment was pretty simply, he's an eight. So he's a box-to-box midfielder, quite physical and powerful, can burst forward and score and, and plays defense. So kind of sounds, and somebody that came from the exact same academy, sounds like a Weston McKinney prototype. Um so, not yeah, that you're you, comparing him to Weston McKinney yet. Let's just slow that. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be the Weston McKinney of the USL Championship. No, uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, but it he and this is the conversation I had with a third degree. He sounds like the prototypical SAFC player, like the dream Mar- Alan Marcina player, and and it's great to have him as depth or whether he wins a starting job. We'll see what what he wins. At the same time, I will say in February, he did have a surgery for um, compartment syndrome in his lower legs. So uh, this is a rehab stint as well as getting some playing time. And from what I've uh, what I was told from third degree is he's way too good for League One. He needed a better challenge. He's way too good for MLS next. He needs to be uh, either USL Championship or MLS. And uh, there's a kid named um, 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 Paxton Pomacall that's kind of in his way. So, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and I'm sure everybody, I say that in jest, obviously, Paxton Pomacall, one of the best midfielders. <laughs> you got an invader too. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I kid did that as well. Um, so, yeah. So, sounds like a you're great fi- signing. Fine, Midfield depth, something, uh, something that we need. Obviously, with uh, Maloney being the backup, uh, PC and, and Mo, so that puts four midfielders. That's perfect. That puts us at a good number. Uh, the next thing that we need to get some depth at is a forward. Hmm. hmm. I thought I thought he'd be more fill in for uh, Larrera. Uh, no, no, eight. To, no. no, an eight. No, he's a he's gonna fill in for. Well, PC just because he's a little bit more on the aggressive, the attacking side. That's where I fit. You know, okay. Figured him okay. more. More being more offensively on that here, uh, but I wanted to bring Christian in. Uh, you know, know from what? seriously loco here. I know he's been in the background here while we were uh, doing the player <laughs> movements, uh, but uh, we're finally moving on to uh, Copa Tejas, uh, El Paso. Uh, thank you, uh, Christian. Like I said here, seriously loco. Uh, please check them out. They're, in my opinion, one of the top five podcasts in, in USL uh, soccer podcasts out there. Uh, one of the best with Phil, Mika, and Christian. Uh, for that here how are you doing my friend i'm doing great thanks for having me really excited to to be talking to you guys and in, in uh, ahead of a what should be a great uh great matchup on saturday it's gonna be a bloodbath it's gonna be a murder we're gonna i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> yeah this ain't seriously loco where we're all cheerleading my path I'm, I'm gonna set the table here is that that's fair. i listen that's to fair. your show and you're like hey well, you know Phil and Phil had a rough voice just like the rest of us this week here. You know, hey, it's yeah. everything's all rosy. We're here to kind of go, hey, it's not so rosy in, in El Paso, but we'll find out tomorrow night. Uh, but I did want to did want to get your impression here since you are an outsider here. Um, uh, Deshane Beckford, uh, 
they had a thing of drawing Texas. Oh no. <laughs> and uh SAFC, I think it was SAFC, yes, uh put this uh for the Copa Tejas logo here. Uh for that here cuz that was his pic- picture of Texas here. <laughs> so, your thoughts on the new Copa Teos logo? And I'm joking, uh, Steve and Danielle. This is not it, but come on, it's, you can't you can't have it on here, you know, and speak Copa Teos and not and not show this here. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, I'm willing to give a little bit of grace. I mean, the guy's <laughs> from Jamaica, but you're playing in Texas now, buddy. That's it. That's it. He's from Jamaica. <laughs> Cut him some slack, man. <laughs> A little angle towards the bottom, the little curve there, that's where Del Rio's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the no, Del, Del Rio, well, no, he, he did get the panhandle right, though. So. And and he got uh, the valley, which that's probably as big as it needs to be. We don't need the rest of the valley, to be fair. You know what? You know what? These are the best parts of Texas. It's kind of the north Texas, and then it's San Antonio as the south, and then a little bit of Austin kind of cut out. You know that corpus. We don't need that. We're fine without that. Give that. Give that. Back and go. We're fine. <laughs> so, but so, sorry to Shane. Like I said, here, this, we don't need. What I'm saying is, we don't need RGV. Get RGV out of here. We don't need Interstate. One of those shirts come out. <laughs> <sighs> so, oh, uh, Robert yeah. uh, said he is the Patrick Way of the USL. Uh, 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 Royce. <sighs> of course, this goes with the joke that. Oh my god. Okay. Um move on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Moving on. All right. So we're going to talk El Paso here. Uh this would be get to know El Paso a show that I try to do on Friday nights, but we're kind of you know, unfortunately with it being super busy and me not feeling well, everything is kind of crammed into one. This is the starting 11 uh last week against Monterey Bay uh for that here. Christian, you guys came out with what a four-three-three uh, with what you know, Borelli, Fox, Yuma, Brock, uh, Harry Brockbank uh, in the back, uh, Herrera, Ryan, uh, Mares, and uh, to me the the top, the you know, Luna and Snoopy are are the two uh, two two forwards that I think San Antonio is going to have to really focus on, and Gomez uh, at the at the top at the top up there. Um, one thing that kind of sticks out to me, um, oh, I forgot the, who was the forward that went from San Antonio to El Paso? Lucho. Uh, Lucho. Lucho. Uh, no Lucho. Um, you know, he wasn't even in the 18. It doesn't look like he was even in the 18, uh, based on, on the, on the subs here. So hopefully he's okay. I know he played midfield in uh, the open cup game, uh, for that here, but, uh, is this how you, how you kind of picture uh, El Paso to kind of start out with uh, for here as far as the lineup, or was this, you know, more changes to try to figure out what's the right combination? No, I think, well, to, to the first thing, Lucho is fine. He he okay. had um, some, some family business to attend to. That's why he wasn't available. But okay. as far as health and everything, he's fine. So I would imagine he'd at least be in the 18 uh, tomorrow. But yeah, as far as what we see tomorrow, I, for me, I, I think we come out just like that. I mean, we had a rough first four games because we were switching things around. And it was for a lot of reasons, you know, player availability because of international duty. Uh, a couple people had a cup, had some knocks and stuff. But, uh, you know, to come out with this lineup and and come out with our first win and, and not a small win either. You know, I don't think that it's a coincidence. I think that this is probably what works best. Um, and I think that with people like Diego and Manny on the wings, uh, 
if you guys come out in a in a it's been a back three right if i'm not mistaken yeah it's a back three yeah i think that that diego and manny playing wide is 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 gonna be a a struggle um but we'll see (laughs) uh robert can confirm they indeed are now ask if the team they played is still in the open cup that's the bigger question (laughs) everybody wants to know some people are saying it was a usl championship side that san antonio fc is playing tomorrow night Hmm. (laughs) you know it it is what it is it was a bad loss and you know we we took it on the chin and you know we're moving forward we we can only the team can only control the competitions that they're in the locomotive did what the locomotive does, and they lost the Sac Republic. Oh, wait, the player that doesn't quite play for Sac Republic anymore. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what happened. There you go. B-Jav is pretty good, though. To be cre- to give credit to B-Jav, he's a hell how, of a player. How he's, he's not a- playing in the USL Championship still? What happened? He dominated that game. Good Lord, man. Unbelievable. Um Let's, uh, that's a sore subject. Let's, uh, let's, let's move on. Um, yeah, I've, I've noticed a lot that, um, um, new El Paso coach can't Hutchinson. Thank you. you. I was about to say Lori wrong. Um, (laughs) Hutchinson did what, um, what Marcina did the first couple seasons. And he really tried to find a spot for Pirano and for Gallegos to excel. And it seemed like out by themselves on the wings, isolated, and that's exactly what uh, Hutchinson is doing with uh, Luna by just throwing him out there to get some space, so we can dribble in and do what player makers do. Uh, which obviously Luna's a great player, um, and it's interesting that he's had Lucho be. In the beginning, it was a false nine. He would come back and he would help, and then you'd have the wingers go up, and, and that was very dangerous. Now it seems like he just has Lucho in the middle, staying in the middle. And so like he can't come and help out up front. It's it's kind of odd the the system that he started. And at the same time, he tried to start a back three um, and try to have the keeper. And this was a thing that kind of blew my mind. It's something I want to talk to you on. Um, it really seemed like it's, it could seem it could still be a thing they're trying to do, but they really try to seem like they're trying to get the sweep. Oh, excuse me, sweeper keeper system going with the three in the back with the keeper that gets involved in the play and spreads it out wide. To do that on a very, very, very narrow non-soccer stadium on a baseball stadium that is a lot more narrow. Why? 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 There's no point to that. <laughs> to make that system work, you need width. What is the one physical thing you lack on a baseball field playing soccer? Width. I don't get it. Can you yeah. please explain <laughs> how you can or bring me inside the mind of Hutchison? Because I don't get it, man. Yeah, I mean, obviously I can't speak for him, but if I had to if I had to make an opinion on it, I think it it is it was probably maybe a little bit of naivety. Um, you know, he he's definitely has like a coaching pedigree, but this is his second head coaching job first that isn't from like a two side so first where he really has a lot of as the as the manager and technical director a lot of uh, free reign uh, to do what he will and I think he came in with an idea of this is what I want to try um and credit to him I think that in the in the last two games even in the loyal match and the Monterey match he it appeared that he's toned back a little bit on on how aggressive he wants Evan to be, 
uh, in net. So credit to him for being flexible. Um, but yeah, I think it was, it was just a little bit of, this is what I want to come in here and try and it hasn't worked. And so now here we are, you know, I think it would have been a bad move to switch after the first match, you know? Um, so, so give it time. And, and it seems like he's been a little more, uh, adaptive so far, but it's, it's been, we've had one, uh, solid match so far. So we'll see what happens right. on Saturday. Yeah. And that was kind of the, I, I get sick into your guns and just, Hey, we're going for broke, baby. This is the system. Love it or leave it. Um, and it's, it's been bad so far. Um, but obviously you also need to figure things out and, I'm not saying he's a bad, I was never saying he wasn't qualified. He wasn't a bad coach. I was never, what I was saying was it seemed like he was, like you said, naive to try that. Obviously without the physical means, uh, it's kind of like, you know, trying to go with a single striker system with Antoine Griezmann, like Barcelona did when, uh, he sucks as a, um, standalone striker. Everybody knows that he's good as a partnership. It's the same thing. It's, you know, I'm trying to have Robert Lewandowski as a center back. You know, it, those are certain things you don't do when you don't try to go play with width on a baseball field. It's just kind of weird. So I think but, um, <clears throat> I think that also part of it may have been, you know, had we had a more, I guess, athletic back line um, that could have been more uh, that could have been helpful too. And I think that nice way of saying our backline's really old, dude. <laughs> that that was my that was my key was, and that's true, yeah. And San, we saw this with San Antonio last year at the start of the year. They didn't have this. They were big. They were physical. But if you're going to run a back three, you need that. You know, maybe still physical because San Antonio yeah. still kept the physicality, but you need that athletic or quicker center backs. And, and let's be honest with you, right. you know. So you know what Yuma's really good at? You know what he's really good at? And this is at all compliment getting away with red card offenses. He's amazing at it. He does it every <laughs> match. He's unbelievable at it. He's like the uh, Hector Herrera of uh, the uh, USL championship. It's amazing. Just choke a guy. The other guy gets a red card. That's <laughs> the Yuma special. It's great. It's awesome. You love so you the thing game. is, so in those first couple of matches, Yuma's not even starting. He he didn't get his first minutes until until into the the Vegas match, I think. Right. But I think the problem is Hutch didn't necessarily know what he was working with because our offseason was really shaky as far as players arriving from overseas and stuff. So um, well, even Hutch arrived late too, uh, just you know, due to visa issues. And mm -hmm. um, I know he got hired before the holidays, but he stayed at what Australia or New Zealand? I forget which one. Australia. Yeah, Australia. He stayed but... in Australia. Uh, I was going to say, do not mistake those two. Do not. <laughs> well, I was oh, like, wait a second. Chris, a Chris, Chris uh, is from Australia and New Zealand are two separate yeah. entities. They're not the same thing. That's like <laughs> Ireland and England, dude. Don't do, no, don't do that. Don't, don't do so, that. But the South Pacific, we'll just say, yeah, uh, you know, for that here. But I know he didn't come over till the new year to the new year. Now, I'm not saying you know he wasn't doing his job or anything along those lines because we know he was. But getting used to the area, getting used to the players that, that were in town. So, you know, like I said, from the start, you know, and I, I know you guys mentioned it on Seriously Locomotive, or Ser Seriously Loco, pardon me, uh, was that he didn't get the early start, you know, in you know December when he was hired. But after the new year, he came in. And you guys had a loaded preseason. What, you guys played, what, seven, eight, nine friendlies? 
The matches, um, yeah. the matches were there. The personnel was not. Our, our academy players actually oh, got they? a lot of minutes <laughs> in the preseason. Um, it, we're we're playing a lot of academy yeah. members in the preseason. Same, same. Well, obviously um, El Paso knows that because uh, the, the last match was. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, that was a big. I, I loved how El Paso was like seven nothing. This would be a great season, guys. And it's like we had like three starters actually playing that match. <laughs> Our starters, like we had 15 starters in street clothes sitting on the in the stands taking selfies the entire match. It was, yeah, it was amazing because we're like, what is happening? And everybody on Twitter, of course, San Antonio FC Twitter, known for freakouts, Harry, um, and panicking, Harry, um, just saying, like, what, what's going on? What is happening? It's like, go look at Instagram. All the players are taking pictures of themselves. It's all the kids playing. Don't even worry about it. This one doesn't count. Obviously, Marcina's going into the season saying, everybody knows what to do. I don't want to get anybody hurt. Um, and that still didn't work because we were still freaking hurt to start the season. But injury bug, what are you going to do? So I will say is, to me, this is the first test. And, and I don't mean any disrespect to, to Monterey Bay. But they're an expansion team. They're very thin on the roster. They're dealing with injuries. They haven't played at home on the road. They also got beat in Open Cup. So, you know, they were doing lots of travel. To me, it was that perfect recipe, you know, for El Paso coming back home. They got the they got the goal early. They were able to get that second goal. Had the red card, which was a valid red card. And, and yeah, I know you guys have said on the show, and, you know, I think everybody else agrees red card didn't change how that game ended. It, you know, it may not have been 5-0, but it may have been 3-4-0 as well. To me, this will be kind of uh, the first test for Orange County to, or pardon me, for El Paso, you know, since probably what, uh, San Diego, uh, where you're playing a, a, a top defense, uh, you know, because San Diego has a pretty good defense, um, to see if we, to see on our side, if we can slow down El Paso, but to me, the, and this will be a question that I'll start out with you, Rafa. El Paso previously matches their biggest bugaboo is turnovers, whether it's from the goalkeeper or from the back line trying to get to the midfield. The pressure, or actually I'll start with you, Christian. Um, your thoughts on limiting the turnovers, because if you turn over against San Antonio, they're a quick strike team and they will try to try to capitalize on that. So your thoughts on, on, on that transition from the defense, because we know once you get past the midfield offensively, you know, you've got 13 goals, but you've also allowed 13 goals as well. Yeah. I think they'll be aware of that. I mean, most of the games that we have lost have been, well, I'd say all of the games we have lost have been because we were punished on those turnovers um, almost to a point where we're kind of unlucky in the sense that every mistake that we've made, we've gotten punished for. Um, obviously, you know, don't make mistakes and that won't happen. But I think it's it is a it is, you know, you do draw the short straw with not getting cut any slack over over a course of four games. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that'll be the message that uh, that that has been being preached, you know, since the beginning of the season, it is controlling that. I think that um, if the back four stays the same as it was against Monterey, I don't think it'll be a problem. I, I think that that is the best combination of four players that we can put back there um, with Fox and Yuma in the center. Um, you know, our most experienced 
you know, compared to what we had before, we had Payares in the first match, uh, and Egilus, and Egilus had had been in there with with Yuma or Fox or, or Boehner in the other uh, three matches too. So there has been a lot of shuffling, but also there was an, a degree of inexperience there um, because I think Hutch was still trying to figure out what worked. Um, to me, it seems like we found something that worked, and I think that it works because of the experience and the level-headedness that, that Yuma and Fox bring. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we stick by it, and I, I think that those problems will get resolved going forward. Uh, your thoughts on trying to slow down uh, the El Paso offense? I think we, what we need to do is like what we did uh, this past week with OC. Really, just I think I think the difference between this and last year is the speed. I think we can match up with speed, and then we have an experienced back three that that knows each other. Even though we had like a, you know, you know, even though Garcia and Manley were new, but like I said, that chemistry with Tanner and Kamiri. And even with Jordan, you know, it's it's there. And then I think this this group this group of four defenders have really gelled quick, you know. And last year it took us a while to finally when we decided to make those those changes, it, it you know, it started paying off. So I think we match up that the main thing is just keeping the ball away from you know, you know, from their forwards and the, you know, pressure and keep on pressuring them and let someone else try to beat us. Especially from the midfield, see if they can, you know, kind of prepare, try to score on us. But, you know, if we can shut down Lucho and and also Diego, you know, they're gonna have to do find someone else to kind of get their you know offense going and so forth. So I think I think we, we can we can take care of business in the back. Your thoughts, Royce? I think uh, San Antonio right now matches up really well against um, El Paso. Um, uh, Aging kind of slow backline that can get exposed very well by a quick counter check. Um, kind of young, not so integrated uh, forwards that uh, a press can really take advantage of in a midfield that's been real shaky and really showed to be shaky against uh, that against Vegas check. Um, if you watch I, the the game that I'm kind of calibrating on, I, I I'll be honest, I didn't see the the last match. I saw some of the last match. I saw the highlights at least. Um, that didn't really tell me anything. I mean, we just talked about the OC highlights. It really didn't say anything about how the game went. Uh, but um, it really seems that um, uh, El Paso was really um, susceptible to the lights press and the lights uh, counter. That was a big thing. Is they got countered a lot in that match and they had no answer for it. Whenever they went down three, nothing, they finally decided, okay, we got to go for it. We got to score. And when they went forward, they left nothing in the back and they got exposed over and over again. That's why that match ended up what six, five or five, four. Um, it was not, it was honestly not a good match from either side, Vegas or El Paso. They both didn't really look good, but the team that comes out looking worse out of that, obviously the team that loses a bad, an ugly match like that. So, uh, but I will say that goal from uh, El Machete, uh, Danny Trejo was insane. Um, but that's kind of what I'm going by. Um, we'll see how Hutch's system, or I'm sorry, Hutch, Hutchison's system um, evolves 
Um, and we'll see how stable he makes the midfield because it just seems like the midfield is not strong right now. And I think that's because they have a lack of specific instructions. I think there's kind of a, when they get in gameplay, there's different things that they want to do and it's not, it's not working together, uh, because they were really good at, in, in the Ford, um, they're really good playing through Vegas's defense. They're terrible at absorbing any of Vegas's pressure. And that tells me that the midfield, not a healthy midfield. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, obviously come tomorrow. Yeah. I will say, you know, we, well, obviously we'll see what happens and, and, you know, tomorrow is, is tomorrow, but I think that how, like you said, like you're, you're, you're going off of the Vegas game, which is, you know, if that's what you've seen, that's, that's fine. But that Vegas game is also a little bit of an anomaly because there were so many other things going on there. Diego did not play that game. He was on international duty. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Um, the different back line, you know, that was Egelus and Boehner. Um, Yuma played his first minutes of, you know, the season that game. And when he did come on, that was when things did start to change for us, too. He was kind of the 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 catalyst when he showed up too so i think that it's just a little bit um i don't think that it's going to be the same but we'll see i think for me personally i think san diego was the and that was the game after there where you guys had a little bit of a break and, and kind of made some changes and, and that's the reason why i was talking about the turnovers because even against san diego you know when you when it was yuma and boehner and brockman and fox um, as a back four, um, they still, especially in the first half, they turned the ball over a little bit more than what, what they should have. In, 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 and like I said, I know it's a new system, so there's some growing pains uh, for that here. Uh, so to me, it'll, it, it will be interesting to kind of see how this goes. Um I do think the difference between last year of El Paso and the El Paso of this year, um, it has to do with Luna. You can't just focus on him. And, and let's be honest, he's killed San Antonio every time that he's faced him. But the player that I think that's made the hu huge difference is uh, Emmanuel Snoopy. And, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name, but he's just, he's just been a killer on the, on the opposite side to where, you can't just focus on 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 Luna right now. You got to make sure you're focused on on both. Um, your thoughts on the pairing of Luna and, and Sinope, uh, you know, and how much of a difference that changes, you know, compared to the last couple of years uh, of El Paso. And I'm not saying you guys didn't have a solid offense, but it's not to the level of, of, that you have for this year. Oh yeah, I mean this year's offense is way more dynamic, I think, than it has been in, in any of the past three seasons, and you can see that by the fact that you know we've already scored thirteen goals. I think in in any given year in the Lowry era, I don't think we've scored thirteen goals in in any sooner than ten or twelve matches. Um, so I think that the the offense is is much more dynamic. Um, we have eight goal scorers so far, um, so they're they're coming from from all over the place. And I really liked the decision to put Luna out wide uh, because I think it allows um, the team a little more freedom to decide, you know, am I going to go right? Am I going to go left this time? I think it um, it asks a lot more of, of the opposing defense on, on who they want to key on at any specific time. 
And then my final I, question. I, I'm, hold on. Go I'm going to push back on that. Not to be a jerk, but hey, uh, if the shoe fits, right? Um, a majority of those 13 goals are against Vegas and Monterey Bay. Um, obviously, the season's young, but those aren't exactly two of the most stout defenses in the league. Um, and Harry was talking about uh, turnovers. Um, they also turned the ball over a lot against Fuego. Um, and that led to a few of their goals. Right. Um, but like I said, we'll see Saturday what happens. Um, um, they can, they obviously can't score. Um, it's just the you know the defenses they scored against haven't have haven't exactly looked great throughout the season. Um, but man, we'll see. Any given day, El Paso Diego Luna can take over a match. Um, and we all know that, and that's why he's so special, and that's why he's destined for bigger things. Obviously, we'll see where he ends up going, but um, man, um, we'll see what happens, uh, and we'll definitely see. And it's it's interesting because El Paso is an evolving team; they're not sure nothing is set. So we'll see what the next iteration of the uh, locomotive is uh, at Toyota Field tomorrow night. So. Uh... So, Rafa, I have a question here for you, and then, um, Christian, if you want to follow up, because this kind of has to do with the goalkeepers. Um, and, Robert, uh, I can't wait to boo Newton. We're not in El Paso, you know, so when, when we chip Newton, you cheer. You Come on, we're, we're not in El Paso. Um, but, Rafa, confidence Burn. of <laughs> confidence of goalkeepers. Obviously, Farr has a lot of confidence. Um, Newton – you know, yeah, he's coming off a shutout. It was against Monterey Bay. I think everybody knows Monterey Bay is not the 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 stiffest co uh, competition at this point here. So confidence on on, on goalkeeping. Can, you know, could that shutout help turn the tide for Newton, or you think it's still going to take a little bit more time compared to the confidence that Farr has as a goalkeeper? Um, if you can kind of talk about that, because let's be honest, Newton has struggled this year. There, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Yeah, he's he's struggled, and I'm just kind of watching his tape. He's he's very insecure, insecure as well as far as that system of play, playing from the back, being that sweeper, playing the outside, um, and and that affects your psyche. You know, me being a goalkeeping coach, is that you know and that will get in your head if you're not getting success or you're allowing a lot of goals in, and 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 then also the conf does he have the confidence also in his in his defense because. It seems as there's not much, you know, trust in that. I know it's going to take a while, and I'm, I'm sure later on they're going to gel. <coughs> and compared to our defense, like Art with Far and our defense, they have that chemistry, and this these guys haven't had the chemistry yet. And maybe that's why it's leading to a lot of those turnovers and the end results are becoming that. So him, he's, he's got to really learn how to manage games and just be, and, you know, be secure as far as, when he sends balls out and I think the, you know, right now, I don't think he has that confidence to do those things because he's already seen the end result. So, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow because if, you know, if, if the, the defense starts to kind of crack and, and start making those turnovers, he's going to have doubt as far as, you know, stopping a lot of those shots and so forth. And you saw what Jordan did this last game, you know, he really kind of stepped it up. He's playing, you know, kind of throwing him to fire because he just went in for Bonilla, you know, but he's got, the, he's already built that confidence and he knows he can do these things. And 
but I think eventually, and I'm sure Christian is going to you know uh, agree with this. They're going to build that chemistry later on, down into the season, and they'll fix a lot of those little mistakes that that won't cost them like cost them games or or, or goals, you know, and goals in the in the future. My question to you, Christian, is if San Antonio gets that early goal, does that open the floodgates possibly? It's always a possibility. You know, the scoring early is is disheartening. Um, I think that to to counter that, I think that one thing one thing that this team has shown this year that is different from from Lowry era teams is um, you know some fight after going down. Um, it not that we went down or conceded a lot of early goals under Mark, uh, just because of, uh, by nature of the way that we played by, by keeping the ball a lot. But, um, I think that the few times where it did happen, if we were to go down early, you could kind of tell that, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be rough. Um, but I think that this team has shown an ability to fight. So I'm not so much worried about that first goal. I'm more worried about the second or third goal. Um, and, and being able to keep that out. But I think that, um, I think that something that was different about the Monterey match. And again, we keep saying it, you know, Monterey is Monterey. Um, so it's hard to, to, it's hard to gauge that win. Um, but, um, I think that the difference was the presence of Yuma there. Um, I think that Evan was having to do a lot of, of, um, a lot of the the communicating with the back line um because the the other center backs are, are not as experienced or comfortable um with the with the defense or or with that leadership role um so having yuma there i think he can be a little more in control of what's going on and honestly if if i'm evan uh like what you said uh rafa i think that I'm not so worried about my defense knowing that I've got someone, um, some more experienced heads back there. Do, do you also, do you think maybe you could also be a liability, especially some of the stuff he's gone away because let's say if he gets a red card, how, how does that, de- how would that defense react to that? Him? He doesn't get red cards. Royce has already oh. covered that. Yeah. I was like, let's, let's covered be it. honest. He covered it. He's gotten, I think, two in yeah. in the last three seasons. Um, so so we'll see. Yeah, uh, apologies for my grimaces, but the uh, catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals just took a foul ball to uh, the uh, region we shall not speak of. And it... Oh, direct hit. Oh, buddy. Um, he, he needs a minute. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a Ukrainian missile to a Russian ship there. Just sank <laughs> it, man. Good Lord. Topical. Uh, so, Robert, I, I believe everybody outside of El Paso shares your uh, your uh, uh, opinion of Yuma, that we all hate him. He's so dirty. But I guarantee if he was on our team, we would love him just, you know, uh, you know, for how he fights. It's, so. it's kind of bonkers how he's the only how we're the only team with a dirty player. Oh it's no, insane. we got we got PC. There's we, plenty. We got PC. PC's not a dirty player. He's just good for a yellow card because the refs suck. <laughs> but there are plenty of dirty players throughout throughout yes. the league. I mean, it's that's not unique to Yuma. That was basically half the Austin Bold team last season. And, um, Before can, they all got shipped out. Others. 
That's correct. Which uh, we uh, happily took two or three of them and we're happy they're on our team. No, Geoff and Fabian are the last two that I would think of that would be in there. But there were a certain few others, including one caught up in a cheating scandal that I would say uh, not above board. So, yeah. So, Christian, uh, final thoughts on the match here uh, before that here. Uh, I know, I think I spoke with you. I don't think you're coming over, right, uh, if memory serves me Unf- correct? Unfortunately not. The holiday, holiday weekend Boo. and stuff prevents that for me. We, we got a break with the, you know, we finally get a, a, a Copa <clears throat> Tejas game and, a, you know, a relatively close regional game uh, on a weekend, and it has to be Easter weekend. It's the first one. Things. I didn't even think of that, but, yeah, it's the first, well, it's the first Saturday match for San Antonio versus El Paso. Every other yeah. one's been on a Wednesday. Um, and that's I will so kind of true. That's, push... that's, and they've been nationally televised, but on a flipping Wednesday. That's that's a solid point. Solid point. So, but I'm looking forward to to it here with, with the Copa Teos match. Uh, uh, I know we kind of joked a little bit with uh, Seriously Loco about you know Copa Teos being maybe um, some bad juju. Yeah, because the original winner was uh, the bold, and uh, let's be honest, uh, El Paso start has been anything but flattery. So, you know, hopefully that continues tomorrow. But uh, Christian, any final thoughts that you got uh, on the game tomorrow, or you know, just in general? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really exciting game. Um, I hope you know. Uh, I I will obviously have to concede that it has been a very rough start for us. Um, but I'm hoping that that we've getting we're getting things turned around because you know a a five even that that five zero win I think it was most exciting for us because it was our first win, but you know for the most part no one no one really wants to see that kind of football. Um, you know I I hope they come out and speak for yourself. <laughs> I I <laughs> if think... it's my team I am loving it. If as a neutral. Yeah, Manchester City's beating up on someone seven nothing, or what? <laughs> Southampton's losing another match by nine goals. Yeah, I'm I'm changing the channel. But if from it's a, my team, from a purely analytical gasoline on the fire, let's go. Yeah, from a purely analytical standpoint, you know, it's much more it's much more um, fun. I think, especially when when we have this hobby that we do of talking about these games. There's it's just a lot more fun to talk about when. When uh, you know, it was a it was a well played match. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Well, I'm gonna push back with you on that because the first couple episodes of Seriously Loco were like major cheerleaders. Dude, you know, <laughs> we lost, but hell, we looked great, man. We scored got up team got goals. So what if we gave up a whole bunch? We are scoring goals and we got the receipts. <laughs> Remember, I said played well, okay? No one had fun after the Fuego match. No one had fun after the Fuego match. Yeah, but I did the watch party with Phil and Phil and Mika to be fair, and they were both uh I originally went on to kind of help troll a little bit. <laughs> but it just got it just, got it, just it, it got to the point where you just can't pick that wound and keep picking at it. It just it's no fun. It was just it was more, hey, everything will be all right. You know, it'll be better. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah, but um, you know, either way, regardless of what happens, I've I've got a lot of you know, even with the Copa Tejas rivalry and stuff, I've got a lot of respect for San Antonio. My first professional soccer matches I ever attended were actually Scorpions matches. Um, at, and I know those uh those Crocketeer uh, tailgates are legendary. So, got nothing but respect for you guys down there, and I hope it's a hope it's a really good good game. 
should be fun. Supposed to be hot um, before that here. Um, if you haven't noticed, uh, San Antonio has, um, was it Cancer Awareness? Uh, it's Cancer Awareness Night. Uh, they're preview. wearing special pregame tops that they will be auctioning off. Um, Jester Camaries was already at $150 flipping dollars um, like two hours ago. Yes, I checked. Uh, but Gigi Traore with my jersey number. Uh, no bids yet. Uh, breaking news. There's about to be a bid in a few minutes. So, yeah. And and I actually like the kits. Uh, much better than the black one. Uh, I'll just leave it this. If this was the uh, home jersey, I wouldn't Harry, it it's a fantastic. Just stop. The full black, <laughs> the blackout is great. <laughs> Let it happen. Let it happen. Let it happen. <sighs> Tainer's at 170. Christian, what do you think about our all-black all jersey? Yeah, I'm a, Christian. I'm a fan. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love a blackout kit. I do. Harry, Harry's going full of uh, Principal Skinner. Is it the children? Am I wrong and the children are right? No, no the it's children the are children wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rafa, your final thought. Uh, I think my voice is about ready to go out here uh, with the allergies here. Uh, it should uh, be a good, like I said, it should be a good game and it's a good sized crowd out there. And um, hopefully, like I said, SAFC gets another win and a couple of new pieces come in and into play and and maybe make like I said, make a difference on this. And just looking forward to that. And then um, Pulling double duty tonight, so or after this, I'm going to hop in on another one in a bit after the next semifinal game. So, but. yeah, the 50 50. Speaking of that, it's 107 Lakes over Plano, uh, out in uh, you know, for uh, Plano's what West Texas, I guess you could still oh, stay. Plano's Dallas area, oh, Dallas and then area. Seven Lakes is actually Houston. right by where my dad used to live. Yeah, that was. That was so. like a mile from there. I've been there many times in my life. Too it's many times because I hate that place. About a minute to to halftime there, uh, for you know for the six A uh, second semifinal uh, for the boys uh, for that here. But Royce, your final thoughts? Uh, yeah. So just leading to the game, my uh, my thoughts on the match. Um, stay healthy because we have a huge match on Wednesday. So. Yes. Huge, no offense, no offense, Christian, no offense, El Paso. Uh, I'm looking past, I'm going to go to this match. I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be great. I'm going to have a great time. Wednesday yeah. is war. This is the little warm up. That's this is the military exercise that leads to the war that's happening <laughs> on Wednesday. Dear God, I'm Jack. Uh, Let's go. Let's go. Smoke right, the yeah. trees on 420. Make that the hashtag. Smoke the trees on 420. Let's go. Come on, SAFC. So Easter Sunday. So we're not going to do the show on Easter morning, obviously. Uh, you know, for the here I asked, and they're like, yeah, no, not happening. I got Easter uh, egg hunt scheduled, my guy. <laughs> no, nope, not happening. So we will try to do a show Monday or Tuesday for it because the Austin FC, the Open Cup, is a huge match uh, for San Antonio. Um SAFC, don't screw up the lineup on this here. Don't play the academy. If you play the academy, oh my god! Social, can, can you you think social media is bad. Imagine? If they if they come out with a rotated lineup, 
Just, just oh, don't. PC needs all to all come out of the tunnel with uh, like Rainbow War Braveheart, like ready. Yeah, <laughs> they need to come on the line of the, to, to go out and kick their ass. That's that's all I, I want. I, I hate Austin. I, I want to beat them, beat their ass, and 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 that's that. But my final thought: there, there's two of them that I have here. Um, one of the uh, uh, what's her name. One of the super fans of Colorado Springs. Um, oh, drawing a blank on her name. Annie. Annie. Uh, Annie. Yeah, sorry. I couldn't hit my mute button. Annie. Yeah, Annie Kaufman. Annie, unfortunately, and it ties in with this week's uh, match here. Unfortunately, you know, she's came down with uh, stage one of uh, breast cancer here. Uh, so from all of us to all, you know, to, to you, Annie. Um, I know you're the Ginny check uh, of Colorado Springs here where, you know, in, high in, praise, in, high praise. Yeah. And, you know, so wish you much, much, much success uh, on your battle here. You know, I know everybody, all of us um, and probably most of everybody in, in the Western Conference of USL Championship knows you and your blue wig. Uh, so, you know, number one, wish you uh, much success. Number two, um Sorry for the, you know, the, the not consistent schedule. We will get on one, I promise. Uh, but holidays and, and, you know, tax week, just it, it's not a fun week, at least for me work-wise uh, for that here. So we will be a little bit more consistent. Christian, uh, thank you uh, for coming on last minute. You know, like I said here, much appreciated uh, for that here. And like I said here, when we go to uh, El, pa uh, El Paso here, um, in July, I believe it is, because I've already got my hotel room uh, reserved uh, for there here. I got to reserve my hotel room for New Mexico, which is next week, so I better get on that. Um, much, much appreciated. Please give Seriously Loco a, a listen. Um, they did a, a preview. I think it's the last half hour of the show where they really go into um, the San Antonio stuff. Um, you know, the first hour is really good as well. Although, you know, they cheerlead, you know, against beating a, a Monterey team here. So, you know, just give it what it is, uh, for that here. But, uh, thank you, Christian. Uh, thank you, Rafa. Thank you, Royce. Uh, hope everybody has a great day. What's life without goals? Um, Wednesday show, uh, one final thought here. Wednesday show will be the high school wrap up with Rafa. Me. We'll see if coach can come on game on that day. So we're probably have to do that one. Pardon me? The Wednesday Wednesday's game is the MLS game. Oh, the, shoot. yeah. The, so no, we can't do that. We'll, so. wait, we'll probably wait for the recap for that. Okay, so we may do a high school recap in two weeks then. Mm -hmm. uh, for that here, gosh dang, we got a whole lot. You know what sucks about it here is AJ's got his middle school game at six o'clock. <laughs> so and he's got it. They're playing it. So it's supposed to be a home game at Vail, but mm -hmm. they're playing it at Steven. So. Normally, I'd just be able to take him from Vail to to the game. Now he's got to go from hop on the bus, go from the you know from Stevens back to Vail. So that's an extra 10, 15 minutes. Then we get to go. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing the Royce and walking into the stadium when they kick off, most likely. So, but on Sunday, like I said, I know I'll be on the 50-50 podcast. We'll do a, like a recap. I, I don't I don't like that disparaging my character, saying that I <laughs> the games or something like that. Like I have a family that barges in and I can't schedule things around like podcasts. Yeah, you can sign off the waiver and he can come home with you and just to go straight to the game. Well, no, coach. Coach said uh, in a message they sent to all parents that the players will ride the bus to and from. Wow. And, and 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 I appreciate that because 
you know, I grew up in rural Colorado where you bust and being on a bus with your teammates, either after a win or a loss is character building. And, and, you know, a lot of team bonding happens on that here. So I'm all for it here, but just bad timing, but uh, what's life without goals. We're out of here. <laughs>